0: I do tell people, I'm like, feel free to shop around. I encourage it. It's do your due diligence. But just if you don't use me, I prefer to see you at least use someone local. So you're going to get someone that cares about you a little bit and knows that their reputation's on the line and they'll take it more serious than someone that's just kind of a, a bot type person.
1: Welcome to the Next Generation podcast presented by Generations Bank. I'm Luke Cannon, And I'm Max Harrell. Welcome back to the Next Generation Podcast. It is a lonely day today. I'm sitting here alone, but we have our good friend Jason Carter with Generation Mortgage. I think it's a great listen for people who they're going to be first-time home buyers. We talked a little bit about pre-qualification, what goes into a payment, a little bit about mortgage rates and how they differ from the commercial side of banking and consumer side and then the scary secondary market. So we get educated today with Jason, and uh, it was a great interview, so hope you guys enjoy. Welcome on. We're so glad to to have you on. It's just me today. Max is out on the beach, so we'll spare you having to talk to Max. Does that sound fair?
0: That sounds fair. Someone has to be on the beach today. It might as well be Max.
1: <laughs> it might as well be Max and his new family,
0: I guess. So he
1: That's deserves exactly the break. That's right. He deserves the break. That's right.
0: That's so, right. Well, you know luke you may not know but i will tell you him with his new family on the beach is not actually a break it's probably <laughs> more work than he's doing with a babysitter at home so uh that's you know, true our thoughts are with matt our thoughts are with max and cleaning out sand and all crevices and bas-
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah yeah he's he's been a good parent so far he's he's serving his family well so good he's taking it down that's to florida uh that's the goal. That's the goal. I feel like calling Cowherd right now. I've got a camera on me and it's just me. Are are you a fan of the herd?
0: I am. Do you get paid as much as calling cowherd?
1: <laughs> I don't, unfortunately. Uh not yet. Not yet. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're yeah. gonna make this podcast go viral and it'll spring it could yeah. spring you into the yeah, you know, Scott Van Pelt world. You Cons- know, who knows?
1: Consider this your audition to be my Stanford Steve uh, alongside That's me.
0: Right. <laughs> been, I have been I have been called worse.
1: So. <laughs> well, cool. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on. Uh, I'm r- actually really excited for this episode to kind of introduce some of our listeners to uh, the mortgage industry. It's something that Max and I are not, um, you know, experts in, but you are, and you've been doing this for a really long time. And so uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on and uh, just to be able to talk about, um, you know, how you landed at Generations Mortgage and, uh, you know, what, what you're doing today and, and uh, drop some truth bombs on us. So, uh, you know, I just kind of want to start with your story. Um, you know, today you're at Generations Mortgage, but tell us a little bit about uh, your career, where you're from as well, and, uh, you know, your path to, to what you're doing today.
0: Okay, well, a lot about my career and upbringing actually ties into the whole Generations Bank scenario. So uh, uh, I worked for my family right out of college. Actually, my first job out of college, I worked for Altel Mobile and sold cellular phones. And I was actually the first person in the United States because Altel was an Arkansas-based company at the time. Uh, to sell cellular phones in Sam's Clubs. I was the guinea pig for that. So uh, I did wow. that career for about a year and a half, and then uh, my father approached me to work for our family business, and I did that for quite some time, and then uh, ended up selling that, uh, which was a, a good move, good timing, and had a good friend of mine that was a, a similar situation. Uh, his family owned a um, a smaller community bank in in central eastern arkansas and i went down and started kind of shadowing him in his little rock office where he was doing loans for the secondary market i did that for a little while and then kind of was released to the hounds up here to to (laughs) do it on my own via him and did that for a while and then uh saw kind of some writing on the wall that i could probably do better doing it on my own owning my own a business as a mortgage broker. I did that for a while, many years. And then, you know, the industry changed a little bit, uh, testing guidelines, compliance. A lot of those things started squeezing the mortgage brokers a little bit to where yeah. it was making it a lot harder. So at that point, it kind of got back to my roots and did some brainstorming and, and thought about people that, uh, that I knew up here in Northwest Arkansas in the banking industry that, that, owned banks, et cetera. And, you know, the first person that came to mind was, was John Harrell. Uh, so I grew up in Camden, about four doors down from the Harrells and, and my family and John's family are, were great friends growing up and, and still dear friends from, from years ago. Um, and so I approached John about it and, and Cersei was alive at the time. And I'll never forget, we had a meeting which was on right off Dixon street where my office was, uh, right next to George's majestic lounge underneath. It's like in a basement. I'll never forget John and Cersei having to duck to get in the door. It was, uh, wow. it was kind of a, a hole in the wall, but <laughs> yeah. know, it, it worked great for us. And, and we came down and we talked about, you know, how can I take my crew and, and get with the bank and not necessarily, you know, merge into one thing, but how could we help each other? And, You know, anytime you can have a bank like that that has assets and then a a separate mortgage entity that has the knowledge and stuff, it kind of worked out for both of us. So um, we did that for a while, and then it became easier just to kind of fold in with the bank and, um, you know, not necessarily have all the other loose ends. So I guess my first day of really – being affiliated with Generations Bank, which was First Bank at the time, you know, the very start of the journey would be January 1st, 2009. So that's, uh, about 14 and a half years ago. I don't, I don't know if I get anything for a 15 year anniversary. Probably not, but, um, <laughs> maybe probably a blanket. Coming up on, probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> a, sweat, a big sweatshirt. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. maybe a cookout. I'll, I'll take a cookout, but i anyway. come
1: down there and grill you steak.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, ribeye medium rare be good good deal so you know and so since then we've just kind of done that and and, and generations has kind of turned me loose to be the the guy to head up all the mortgage division and when i say mortgage i don't necessarily mean like all mortgages when i our mortgage division focuses solely on the secondary market so that's what i do here i i run the secondary market show for all the lenders that are here at the bank that have access to do that. And, uh, it's a completely different world than what we call in-house lending or commercial lending and, and, and those kind of things. Uh, uh, but you know, that's kind of my history, yeah. how I, how I got here and, uh, you know, it's been a, a great run and I, I don't see any end in sight. I hope Yeah, God will, God willing.
1: Do you, but, do you like living in your, your Fayetteville, right?
0: I'm in Fayetteville. I I came to college in Fayetteville in 1989, graduated at the university uh, four years later and never left and never have a desire to leave. I love it here. It's a fantastic place. It's a melting pot of all different types.
1: Yeah. So if you would have done poorly in classes, you could have been around for a, a national championship. Is that what I hear?
0: Well, I actually... Funny you bring that up. I actually went to that national championship. Oh, did you really? Keep keep in mind that time technology was not what it is now. So I think probably um, the time periods run out where I could get any trouble, but there were four or five guys I graduated with that were friends with four or five guys a year or two younger. And we went out there and I just reused my student ID (laughs) that didn't have a barcode or any kind of – Swiping capability and and bought student tickets and just acted <laughs> like I was still in college and enjoyed it. So that is awesome. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, you you, no, can, you keep, can't cheat the system like that anymore. No, it's- <laughs> not anymore. And, and, I,
0: and I don't mind. I, it was a great experience. That was the very first time in my life I ever missed Easter Sunday with my grandmother and grandfather and family in Camden. And that was probably the hardest call was to ask if I could miss Easter. <laughs> and, and I got I got the blessing, no pun intending, and yeah, uh, and we went from there.
1: Yeah. Well, at least we won, you know. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. awesome.
1: Well, good deal. Hey, I, I know you were talking about the secondary market. I think for, for most people who have bought a house, everybody knows that their mortgage gets sold on the secondary market, but that phrase, that, that term can be a little not scary, but but just there's a little bit of unknown uh, there. And so I'd love for you to kind of speak into, you know, what is the secondary market and, and how did that kind of start?
0: Okay, well, I don't really know when it fully <laughs> started, but the secondary market is basically backed by uh, government entities, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Okay. They have their set of guidelines and it's kind of like square boxes and you don't deviate. Yeah. It's not the good it's not the good old boy system. Oh, he's got 200,000 in the bank. We'll let him slide and go ahead and get this loan done. It doesn't work that that way with us. It's it's pretty much you have a set of of guidelines you have to adhere, check all the boxes, and then I think what happens then is you know these investors they will get these loans and they they put them in what they call buckets and sell them to Fannie Mae in, in large quantities and they're, they're paid for them and you know these place places get they get rated you know depending on how you know how how big the loan amount is what the interest rate is what the borrower's profile is and whatnot but yeah but generally generally the secondary market the big difference is is those are the loans that can be the 15 20 30 year fixed loans when you go to a, a bank and, and do an in-house loan you're generally going to get five years max before it balloons or you have to refinance it. These are the ones that you lock your interest rate in and it's set there for 30 years, mm-hmm. 15 years, 20 years. You know, it's, that's why it's so popular. And generally there the rates on these are lower than in-house loans. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's the goal for most people to do that, to get the, the better rate and get it locked in because it's security. I mean, your, your payment's not going to change with, uh, with the principal and interest for that period of time. And it's easy to budget. And, go from there.
1: Yeah. Would you say that that's the majority of, of homes are are on the secondary market? Like, are we looking at 90% of homes or I know you you said there's, there's a lot of boxes to check. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't, I don't know if it would be that many Luke, but it's, I guarantee you it's probably over 50% just because this day and age, I think um, more people know about it. The the younger generations, they have so much more access or, or actually more, more knowledge usually of, of obtaining data out there online and and whatnot. And they know these things. Whereas, you know, someone like my dad or someone, he wouldn't think he wouldn't even consider going thinking about secondary market. He'd walk in his local bank and go get a loan. You know, that's, but the mentality of the the guys like you that are, are, you know, under 40, you guys, you know, what's going on out there for the most part, you know, what's available. So you can at least get the process started, uh, to go in the right direction to obtain these type loans. And, And for the most part, it's not as bad as as it gets the rap for. A lot of people are like, oh, gosh, they're going to want everything. They're going to want a blood sample. That's (laughs) not really the case anymore. And and, and honestly, in our day and uh, age here, too, the products are there. And I would say after 2005, when the market had major issues, all the bells and whistles and things like that, uh, they – they really kind of went away, and it's a pretty straightforward. Everybody has the same products available out there. It's just a matter of who can provide you the better service, price, and, and rates. That, right. That's the main thing now. Yeah.
1: Were uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, were those real people? Do you know?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm sure there's a Fannie Mae, and that's a, that would be, a, that probably is, I could probably find a Fannie Mae where I grew up in Camden. That sounds like a good South Arkansas name. <laughs> yeah, so. it
1: does. It does. Probably a farm girl, you know, Probably grew, yeah. grew up on the yeah. farm.
0: Yes, <laughs> so, I, I, vision, I I kind of vision uh, Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island. You know, that's, yeah. Fanny, that's what Fannie Mae looks like when I think about
1: it. There. Yeah. Some overalls, maybe. I don't know. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Right. Good deal. Well, uh, I know that you said that a lot of our generation, younger generation, kind of has a general idea of where to go um, when it comes to applying for a mortgage. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that, that you can obtain a mortgage, as you were kind of saying, most people have the same products. Um, but I will say when, uh, you know, I like to think I was born two years too late because I bought a house in 2022, wish I had bought a house in 2020. And looking back, I think I might have been able to do it. Um, I think we, I think we had enough cash in the bank to maybe put down 5%, um, And, of course, everybody's got great hindsight. But, um, you know, when it comes to uh, applying for a mortgage, um, what do you think, uh, as far as pre-qualification, getting the process started, um, how how does the mortgage application process begin?
0: Well, basically, there's a couple of different ways. You know, there's, there's online applications that we can send you to our site to, to fill out uh, information and we try to dumb it down to get just the basics to get started and then I like to follow up as I tell people, let's get the minimum amount I need and then let me give you a call and dot the I's and cross the T's. And that's a good way also to keep a good uh, rapport with the, the borrower and, and get them, you know, you want to get them to trust you and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, you're going to put your personal information there and, you know, they the three things that people are going to really look at are, you know, your your income from, you know, do you have a good job? You know, is your income going to be supporting of the, the type home you're looking at? And assets, do you have enough of those to cover a down payment and closing cost? And then, you know, basically looking at your history, have you been someone that makes timely payments on on bills. And it's, you know, if you can check those boxes, then the process becomes really easy. You know, you do have some complications where you might have uh, people that have, you know, certain type of jobs that are paid a certain way and, and they may think they're going to be a walk in the park. Well, you know, John Doe makes $200,000 a year and he's paid in cash. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac do not like that. You know, you, you've got to show legitimate, uh, non-cash. I mean, it's, it's it's different. So there are a few things in there that can, can get you sideways, but for the most part, if you have the, the income that supports the assets that support and a good history of, of on-time payments, then it, it's an easy process. And, you know, you can get in a home if, uh, if you don't have contingencies where you have to sell something that easily within 30 days, you know, start to yeah. finish and it's, you know, it slowed down a little bit back at, during, you know, mid-COVID to mid-2021. I would have told someone, give us 45 days. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, We've got a good team here, a fantastic team, and, and the appraisers and title companies in Northwest Arkansas that we work with, we have really good relationships, and I never stress about missing closing dates. So, it's you know, it's, it's one of the things that I like to do and feel like that can help set me apart from a lot of people is... I like to get things knocked out on the front end. I don't like to give a little, lot of let me see's, well, I hope this works, <laughs> let me see. You know, I've been doing this long enough where I feel like I can tell someone within the first day or two, hey, this is probably not going to work because you don't want to waste anyone's time. You don't want to waste anyone's money either because some of these people may be going to go get a home inspection for $500 and want an appraisal for $500. dollars mm-hmm. Well if you're not going to qualify for the loan, you've just wasted a thousand dollars. And I wouldn't, I do not want to see that with people. So, you know, doing that, uh, and I tell people here, you know, you, you gain, like I said, you gain the trust of the people. And if you can save them in situations like that and, and they can correct what problem they may have had, well, guess who they're going to call back in six months when they've got it all right. They're going to call me back because I helped them so much on the front end, averting the problems and and they trust me and and they want to, you know, use, use me when things are right. So it's, it's important, you know, even, even turning someone down, it's important to do it properly and timely Mm -hmm. because it, it, it saves a lot of problems and money. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I think one of the things we want to do here is educate in a way. And, uh, like I was saying, I maybe could have pulled the trigger in 2020, uh, Wish I had, of course, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it was me not being in the Sam Walton Business College at the University of Arkansas. I was a Fulbright guy, biology major, and now I work <laughs> at a bank, but here we are. Uh, but still, I don't feel like I had, uh, you know, everything that I necessarily needed. Probably was a Google away, but if people are too lazy to Google and they're listening to this, then uh, here we go. So what what is included uh, in a mortgage payment? Is it right, is so, it more um, complicated than just paying for a house?
0: Not really. I mean, there's <laughs> there's really there's there's basically scenario A and B. Scenario A would be ninety-five percent of what happens. That would be you pay your principal and interest, you pay one twelfth, which would be one month of your annual property taxes set by the county, and you pay one twelfth, once again you're one month of your annual homeowner's ownership premium, uh, homeowner's insurance. So they call it PITI, principal interest taxes insurance. And that's what I refer to as an all-in payment. So you've got, you know, Lou Cannon that's buying a house and his principal and interest may be $2,000, but then he's got 150-month worth of property taxes and 100-month of uh, homeowner's insurance. Then his payment just went to 2250 and you know, that's what you qualify people on is the whole thing, you know, not just the principal and interest. So one might ask, well, I don't want to put my taxes and interest or insurance in escrow. I want to pay those on my own separately once a year. That's fine, mm-hmm. but um you have to at least put twenty percent down on a property and there is a pass through fee. By Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, charged to the investors. Generally, it's 0.25 percent of the loan amount. So, hmm. you know, if someone has if someone has a uh, a loan amount of let's just say you know 300 thousand, they're going to get charged 750 dollars to waive escrow. So Most of the yeah, most of the time, the people that are wanting to waive escrow are. The kind that are like, well, they're not going to hold on to my money, and why, why should they make money off my whatever? And I'm in my mind, I'm like, you know, we're talking about making money off three thousand dollars a year. Yeah, um, they, may, they may make ten dollars, but nonetheless, is it worth seven hundred and fifty dollars not to do that? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, they're and trying the to make it they, easier on you. That's right. That's right. And the reason they do that, a lot of people ask, well, why do they require that? Uh, and especially if your loan is um, over eighty percent loan to value, the reason is is because one of the very few things that go in front of a mortgage lien if things go bad is a tax lien. Hmm. So you sell your house, and they're going to collect back taxes before they're going to collect the mortgage or pay off the mortgage. Yeah. so that's that's why that that's why it's such a uh, Requested
1: thing, yeah. So, to speak. so escrowing would be paying that one twelfth every month,
0: right? Correct. In, gotcha. your, in your payment, you know, your your property taxes are twenty four hundred dollars a year. Then you're paying an extra two hundred dollars yep. a month in that.
1: So, and then whoever's holding my mortgage at that time is making that payment timely. Making my every tax year. Payment. Yep. Yes.
0: The, like in Washington County or Benton County, basically in Arkansas, the tax bills come out usually in mid March or April. And they're due slash late middle of October, and the servicer of the loan will pay those generally probably in April.
1: Cool, good and then deal. Then your
0: more than your insurance every year your premiums due, and they will send a bill to the servicer of the loan, and they pay them directly one time a year. Yeah, and it it's kind of a, I mean honestly it's kind of nice not to have to even think about it. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I think that's another word that's kind of scary is escrow. Like, what in the world is yeah, escrow? Yeah, that's all that is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great job explaining that. Uh, one thing that that's kind of, uh, most of the time I try to act like the listener and act like I don't know what's going on, but this time it's it's really just going to be me. Uh, this, is a, this is a genuine question that I need to know. Rates for mortgages differ a lot from commercial rates and consumer rates. Um, when, when we are, I'm on the commercial side, um, when the Fed meets and they bump interest rates, you hear, oh, the Fed bumped interest rates. If they bump a quarter, okay, well, our rates that we are going to lend off of go up a quarter for the mortgage industry. You could say that the commercial industry, especially as of late has been more of a, a stair, a staircase, where they bump fifty, we go up fifty, and everything that we do, right. we're going up 50, 50 basis points. On the mortgage side, how does it differ? Because I know that during interest hikes this past year, the mortgage rates on a thirty-year thirty-year uh, mortgage were hovering around six and a half for a while. Um, and so, how, how does that market that uh, you know? How, how do those rates differ, uh, and what influences the rate to be where it's at?
0: The main influence really is the bond market, and that's that's what we, uh, we look at the 10-year treasury and things like that to watch how that's going. But I think, you know, when you talk about the prime interest rate and how it affects the commercial side and, and us, it is different, but it's a little bit the same. You know, we get so many calls the day before they're supposed to be a quarter or half percent hike. I want to lock my rate in before it goes up and I just kind of let it go whatever <laughs> but but the, but the way it works with us is generally these investors you know they know within a certain amount of time two three weeks whether or not they're actually gonna bump the rate you know mm-hmm. people pretty much know the the the, the Powell's speakers of the world and all yep. those guys they kind of let you know so it's kind of a gradual increase so you know since 2020, 2021, when rates were down in the upper twos to lower threes, and now they're in the mid-sixes approaching seven, you can see that's, you know, basically three to four full percentage points. Well, it happens a lot slower over time as far as, like, you know, a little bit each day versus just a huge hit in the one day, and that's, that's how they do it with us but the same effect is basically there. I mean, your, your rates in a couple of years have gone up four percentage points and so have ours pretty much. Yeah. It's correlated, but it's not on the same time frame. It doesn't happen. Thank goodness in one day.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But, um, but it does, I mean, it, it follows the, the prime interest rate, uh, quite a bit. So interesting. Uh, right now we're like everybody else in the in-house world that, lens based on the prime interest rate, we're higher than we've been in a long time. Yeah. Historically, yeah, we're still very low. That's historically, but that's not what people are used to. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, and one thing in our industry as well, which I'm sure it is in the commercial, is you know when you have interest rates going up and up and up, that makes the news. So guess what? <laughs> people start shopping more. So it becomes extremely competitive. Yeah. Because people you know, when, when the rate is three, people aren't really paying as much attention, like 3%, okay, I'll take that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas when someone says, well, it's 6.875, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they'd gone up that much. Well, guess what they do now? Then they Google, then they call someone else, you know, so it, it tightens the, uh, the industry and it makes it competitive, which, you know, competition like sports, it's good for everything. So it it you know, keeps you on your toes and, and all that, but that's, you know that's kind of the, the way it works with the rates and us.
1: Yeah. Have you seen? Uh, I mean, you can speak more specifically to Northwest Arkansas here, but how has the market reacted? We had a uh, uh, Cameron Clark on last week, who does the commercial side. But he spoke yeah. a little bit on on how the market has reacted over the past year and a little bit as to where it's headed. Um, and so, kind of, if you if you could break out your your crystal ball, your orb. And peer a little bit into the future, maybe speak a little bit on—I don't know if you even want to try guessing what rates will do, but uh, maybe a little bit in the past as well. What, what's been going on these past six months, twelve months, and uh, what do the next twelve months look like? If you're brave enough to answer,
0: <laughs> I'll give you—I'll give you my opinion. Everybody has
1: one, absolutely.
0: Uh, and I also have no shame in admitting I was wrong <laughs> when rate. When rate when rates got to 5.75 approaching 6 and people would ask I would say man I just I just can't see how much higher they're going to go because if they keep going higher we're going to have problems in the housing market and if you have problems in the housing market that's the one thing that just will start spiraling the economy out of control well here yeah. we are pushing 7 at sometimes here recently and so I was wrong there the glass half full guy will tell you this. I'm hoping in the next 24 months that rates will go down. And one of the, if if you were to tell me just straight answer up or down, I'm going to say down. And here's why. When I talk to uh, account reps at some of our investors and ask them, hey, why don't you have a good arm product or a good jumbo rate you can offer me right now? Uh, You know, because those, those rates stink, and you would think with higher rates, people would want an adjustable mortgage, which is basically like an in-house mortgage with, with you guys. It's only fixed for like three to five years, Okay, yeah. but at a lower rate in the secondary market. And their answer is the same across the board. They say our people predict rates will come down in the next 24 months, and in that time – the first loans that are paid off are adjustable ones and jumbo loans because the rates are higher in Jumbo and because the adjustable rates no one wants in those if they don't have to. So them not offering those type loans because they know they're gonna have a or they think they're going to have a quick payoff, they know they will lose money on those. So that tells me that they're projecting rates go down. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Okay, so to me I'm like, okay, well, let's hurry up and fast forward the twenty four months and get back <laughs> down, but but I can't do that. But so I, I think there is projections for them to go back down some and, and it is, it's kinda of like the sine wave. It's up and down and up and down throughout history. Yeah. So that's a, I'm hoping this is the crest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we definitely love that. It, I think I think a safe prediction is they will go down keyword eventually. <laughs>
0: Eventually. There you go. I yeah. I use, use twenty four months.
1: Yeah, that's a time frame. That's that's bold.
0: <laughs> I know, I know.
1: I'll probably be right using the word eventually, but Do
0: you archive I'll, these podcasts? Because I don't want you going back 24 <laughs> months and it's nine and saying, Look at this
1: moron. Yeah. It'll show up on my time hop and I'll come I'll come prove you wrong. That's hopefully right. hopefully not though. Um Hope not. Yeah. Hope not. Well, hey, I've got one last question and then if you have anything else you want to kind of speak on that that you think would be beneficial for our listeners to know. Um, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of ways um, for people, a lot of outlets for people to be able to get pre-qualification, uh, receive a mortgage, and uh, with, with the prominence of online banks and online mortgage companies, people can go online and, and apply and do things like that. And so... What do you think uh, you know, as somebody who's been doing this for for years in a local setting, what do you think the value is of consulting with the mortgage a local uh, mortgage lender as opposed to going online, shopping, uh, and by shopping, Jason and I mean trying to uh, just find the lowest rate possible. Um, what do you think the value is uh, of working with Jason Carter versus a rocket mortgage or, a, a, an online
0: outlet? Well, that's, that's one of my biggest things that I tell people, you know, I'll have a guy moving here from California or Texas or, or somewhere out of state and they, they know nobody local. And, and that's one of the reasons we try to keep such good relationships with the realtors, So they will refer the local, local people here. And, and I tell these people, I'm like, here's what I can do, you know, take a look at it, let me know. And, and all I ask is that if you don't use me, use somebody else local because <laughs> I hate for to see you use one of the online companies or people like that because you're a number to them. yeah you know, there's 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 some guy in Cleveland, Ohio that <laughs> doesn't know you in thirty seconds after you get off the phone, he could care less about you personally or how it affects you here in the community and they may lead you on for 20 days and then you're 10 days from closing there. And then they tell you, Oh, well, I forgot this part. You, you don't qualify because of this. (laughs) And you know, they're, they're, they don't, they're not able to be held accountable. Right. So I I do tell people, I'm like, you know, feel free to shop around. I encourage it. It's do your due diligence, but just, if you don't use me, I prefer to see you at least use someone local. So you're going to get someone that, that, you know, Cares about you a little bit and knows that you know they, their reputations on the line, and they'll they'll take it more serious than someone that's just kind of a, a bot type person because that's that's what it's getting into a lot of times with these people.
1: Absolutely,
0: and, and it's a lot of it is It's kind of like clickbait, you know. They'll be like, "Call so and so Mortgage and take advantage of our six percent deal," and then they start talking fast or show you the real small print, and at the bottom it says, "Yeah, and that's with three percentage points added to the." closing costs, you know, right. they don't tell you all that, you know, but then you call and they get you on the line and on the hook. But, um, yeah, that's all I would say is, you know, they don't real, they don't have any programs that are better than ours. If they have a lower fee or a lower rate that day, then sometimes that does happen. But for the most part, we're going to be pretty close, uh, yeah. if not, if not better. So I, I definitely encourage people to use local, yeah. You know, and like I said, even if it's not me, just use use one of my local competitors rather than the other guys.
1: Yeah. Well that's a statement with a lot of humility. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. And that that's pretty cool, a pretty cool outlook on it. So keep Fayetteville funky, right? Support You're local. Right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, I got right. I got breaking news. Okay. Uh, uh Rory just hit a hole in one. What do you think about that?
0: Well, The rich get richer.
1: (laughs) Man, he was so close. He was so close at the open.
0: I don't think Rory's going to uh, call me for a a need of a mortgage. (laughs) But if he did call, that'd be cool just to talk.
1: Yeah. Cool accent. Cool guy.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Jason's a wonderful golfer, by the way.
0: Uh, Oh.
1: So I've heard. So I've heard. Washed
0: washed up. (laughs) Washed up may be the term. Washed up could be the term. Yeah.
1: Well, do you, do you have anything else for for the betterment of of the listeners today?
0: I think we've covered most everything, Luke. Uh, the only thing I might add is, uh, you know, there's there are a few programs that we have here at Generations to help first-time home buyers. There's some grant funds available and and things like that. That if if someone wants to learn more about, I'd love for them to reach out. And uh, you know, I it, I can't promise you good looks, but I can promise you good service. With me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so right that's uh, you know you, you live a, you're, only, you're only as good as your last deal closed so that's yeah. kind of the way I go through life and you know you mess up one and it takes a while to recoup so uh, yeah you're going, you're going to get my attention the whole time
1: yeah well Jason handled uh, my wife and I's mortgage and did a wonderful job was very on top of it and uh, we had a very timely closing and uh, the title company who is a, a third party didn't know I worked at the bank, was very complimentary of Jason's work. So thank you for hopping on. Uh, are the Hog nine and three Razorbacks?
0: Uh, seven and five.
1: Come on.
0: We're one injury away, Luke. And <laughs> it, it seems like the last two or three years in every sport, we've got just cursed by that one injury. I know. I know. That's, okay. Sorry, That I just got my glass half empty there i apologize yeah for
1: that, you're, you're definitely not getting an invite back sorry
0: oh, oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i know you'll be cheering cheering for us to go undefeated Absolutely. but but you're nothing, nothing
0: i would like more than 90 <laughs> trust me
1: well thanks for coming on jason it's been very informative for me and i hope it's informative to to our listeners uh so thanks for opening our eyes to uh the mortgage market and a little bit about what you do
0: awesome well i enjoyed it luke and uh tuning in to your next one too. Look forward to
1: it. Thanks, sir. Talk to you later. All
0: right, buddy. See ya. Thanks for listening to today's episode.
1: If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating and drop a review. Follow us on our socials, which can be found in the show notes below. We will catch you next time.